Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show. On today's episode, I am joined by Frank Furman. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing right, Ken. How are you? Good. It's funny. You're actually in Atlanta as well, aren't you? I am indeed. So right down the, right down the road, and we're still using Zoom to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> in our offices anytime, Ken. You're always welcome. Well, I, I might take you up on that. Although you're you're in town, right? You're like downtown Atlanta. I'm way up in the suburbs. Yeah, we're in uh, our offices are right at uh, West MR Station. So yeah, you're in like the new hip, trendy. Even I can tell behind you, you're in some cool old building, some industrial old building, right? Yeah, this is just a TV screen behind us. <laughs> totally fake set. Yeah, is it? What is? Are you in an old industrial building? I'm assuming you are. We are. Yeah, we're in a. a kind of an old warehouse built in the 20s. It was a food service distribution uh, warehouse that had been defunct for a while. So yeah, it is, it is a little post-industrial chic, I have to. <laughs> well, so our real estate office is located in downtown Woodstock, but it's in a 1800s cotton mill. So uh, same thing, like original brick. It's actually pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty nifty. But yeah, I, half the time I just work out of my house. I'm in my guest room at my house. It's not that yeah. cool. <laughs> Not as cool as you guys. Hey, so uh, so real quick, tell tell everybody kind of how you got in the business and what you do now because I was really excited about this interview because I think what you guys are doing is very cutting edge. Thanks. So yeah, I'm the chief operating officer of Pad Split, and we're based here in Atlanta. We are a a marketplace platform for affordable housing. So you know how I got in this business was a, a bit obliquely. Our, our kind of business partner and co-founder is uh, Atticus LeBlanc. He is uh, also my brother-in-law. So I've known him for a long time, about 15 years now. And um, he started a real estate investment business, Striant uh, Investments here in Atlanta. and was building up that business kind of from 2009 onward. Um, at that time, I was, a, I was an infantry officer in the Marine Corps. So I went to Naval Academy, to my graduate work at, at Johns Hopkins, and then you know, went to a, an infantry battalion and was a platoon commander, company commander. You know, I knew Atticus through, through that time um, and was a, uh, you know, invested in a few deals uh, through his, in his business, some multifamily, some single family stuff. Um, so I was a prize, but was never on the operating side. Um, when I left the Marine Corps, I went to McKinsey, a management consulting firm in London. And as my wife and I started having kids, we were like, London is not the place where we're going to raise our kids or can't afford to do so. So I transferred to the Atlanta office um, in part because Atticus and his family is here. We have kids, you know, around the same ages. And um, so I moved to Atlanta about four years ago. And then over that time, um, you know, we, we kind of started talking about this as one of the ideas and, you know, kind of he had started this company. We kind of went in business together and with a the, with the third partner as well. So, um, I came at it very much from a, uh, you know, management consulting side. It's my background uh, as far as, uh, you know, in the business world. He's kind of your, you know, guy who's been in uh, real estate for a long time. He's a commercial broker uh, or still is, uh, you know, has this real estate investment company that's going concern, general, con, you know, general contracting firm, hard money lending. Um, so he's definitely the, the real estate guy of it. And I kind of, uh, kind of just saw it as a, as a huge opportunity and wanted to throw my chips in with it. 
So it's, it's a unique business. It's been around what, a year, two years? How long have you guys been in business? Two years. Technically, the first Pazblet opened in December of 2017, so like the two-year anniversary. Uh, so there's a kind of a pre-Pazblet history to it in the model um, that kind of went into it. But yeah, as far as it's going concerns, it's December. About two years. So give us just big picture. I mean, pad split is essentially, it's, it's a way of taking a house and renting it out room by room, right? Is that sort of the high yep. level? That's the high level, yep. And people come in for what periods of time? Like six months at a time? Yeah, so we, it averages a little over seven months. Um, you have a couple, couple groups, right? A certain number of our members are come to us for, you know, one to three months. Maybe they're just in town for a gig. Maybe they are just getting back on their feet, you know, just been divorced or something like that. Um, maybe they move in and say, you know what, this is okay for a little bit, but I really don't like sharing living space and I want my own. Like, it's all good. Uh, and then we have another group, typically a little bit older, where it is a more permanent part of where they're going to be living. And they may stay with, we've had people who've been with us for two years, more. Wow. Um, and that's, that's fine too. Uh, so yeah, we have people who will be with us for a long time. And it, it kind of varies and sort of settles over time. Gotcha. Okay. So you and I obviously offline have talked about this for a little while now. I sort of understand the numbers, but I'm sure there out of the, out of the pad splits that you guys have done in this model, there is one deal in particular that stands out as like the best deal ever. Well, you know, we love all of our deals, but uh, let, let me, <laughs> I'll talk about the first one because it really kind of launched uh, the business and kind of speaks to uh, some of the you know, some of the advantages and opportunities in the model. So this is a house that Atticus owns uh, to this day, Southwest Atlanta. It's a, it's a bigger house. Um, it had been a Section 8 rental for several years. And he'd owned it since maybe 2011 or 2010. Um, and found a new tenant in about, uh, call it 2016, 2015, you know, kind of an older lady. and. It was going fine. It was a Section 8 rental, you know, no big deal, but a larger house, five bedrooms. And everything was going fine until the AHA, the Atlanta Housing Authority, contacted Atticus and said, hey, you know, you need to look at what's going on in this property because here are these videos that are being produced and there's weapons and drugs and it's all, and your house is prominently featured in these videos, which are on YouTube. So sure enough, uh, people were making videos in the house. And what? Was, this little yeah. Section 8 lady that lives in there was letting uh, them? And so that, that it, it speaks to one of the issues with Section 8 housing and that you don't really have great control over what's going on in the property. Yeah. And what was happening in this particular one is that this kind of sweet old lady had family and extended family and friends of family. And because it was a bigger house, there were a few challenges at work. One is... Typically in sort of the Section 8, uh, you know, market, if you will, you don't get a lot of incremental value for those additional bedrooms, right? You get right. much for the, you get a lot for the first bedroom, second a little bit less, third a little bit less, fourth and fifth are really almost liabilities. And that's because it, it's almost an invitation, it's a temptation to having the, all the people come and stay. And so, you know, he did what most landlords would do and, you know, evicted this you know, sweet old lady because of all the problems in the house. And sure enough, you know, there had been, police have been called out to the house many, many times. The neighbors are up in arms and there was extensive, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage to this house. And, you know, kind of threw hands up in the air and said, this doesn't work. This type of asset 
is not best as a Section 8 rental, even though it has worked in the past. And so that became the first pad split, right? So use the insurance money from the damages to retrofit it a bit, uh, make some investments in utility efficiency, furnish the house, uh, turn it into a six-bedroom home. From the outside, it's kind of a you know nice sort of Atlanta cottage. Um, it happens to be right next door to a traditional rooming house, right? It's mm-hmm. and you look at these two next to each other, which for what it's worth, uh, charge about the same weekly rate for a room. And I mean, it's night and day from a safety perspective to a just maintenance and uh, you know deferred maintenance perspective. And from an owner's perspective, one is a property to be proud to have that someone could be proud to live in. And the other looks like a slum because that's what it is. And certainly would fail every fire safety code enforcement check um, known to man. And so, you know, that, that property we got going in uh, December of 2017, filled it up using Craigslist to kind of, uh, you know, making it work from there. And you know, since then, we've had a great stretch of, of people there, you know, some turnover, some people move in, sometimes they move out, you know, we've had some people have been there for essentially the whole time. And that property, which had been, you know, rented through Section 8 for 1200 bucks a month, now routinely gets, you know, just under 3600 bucks a month in gross rent. So even after paying utilities, um, you know, Wi-Fi, uh, you know, installing the furnishing and so on and so forth, you know, it was really doubling the cash on cash return on the property, a little more than doubling it. So, do you know what he paid for the house? I'm just curious. Oh gosh, uh, I mean, this was in like 2010, so it was uh, probably 2030. I was going to say, yeah, Southwest Atlanta in 2011, 10. That's that's a thirty thirty thousand dollar house, probably. Yeah, exactly. He probably put a little bit of work into it, especially to get approved by Section Eight. Yeah, undoubtedly. So, I mean, there there've been tenants through the years. So he'd, he'd invested in it, you know, throughout the. But it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those houses now, which, you know, it's been up and running. We've had it on our platform for two years and not only has it been very profitable for, for us as a company and for Atticus as the owner, but also is, I mean, it's privatized affordable housing. So the folks who live there are, you know, they're working folks who, you know, live and work in Atlanta, who, you know, our average member makes between 20 and $30,000 a year. And realistically in that income demographic, you can't really afford market rent on your own. It just, the numbers don't work. You know, if you right. think of, you need three X income, um, uh, you know, income three X rent, you really don't qualify for very much if you're making 20 grand a year, certainly not for anything that's available in town. Right. So for that house, which now, you know, it houses six folks who are working and instead of commuting from Griffin, Georgia, and, you know, adding to traffic or sleeping at the airport or anything like that, they're on a bus line, you know, they're 15 minutes from Midtown. They're, uh, you know, they can work more hours if they're hourly because they're closer to work and they're less likely to be out on the street or, you know, uh, getting their rent paid for through Section 8. Um, yep. So, you know, better contributors, they're able to live, you know, on their own in a, in a private market, which I think is better for everybody. For sure. So, I mean, yeah, 600 bucks, basically a bedroom is kind of what we're talking about. Six bedrooms at 3,600 bucks. Yeah, that's about average for us across our, our platform. So it, it varies, you know, based on location and amenities, you know, private bathrooms are shared. Um, but yeah, it ranges anywhere between typically about $100 to $200 a week. So that's all they want. And they, 50 to 
800 bucks. So they, and they pay weekly. Is that typical that you have them pay weekly? Yep. So we, we learned early on that you want to align as best as possible pay periods to when rent is due. So, um, so when you think about it for people who are hourly or being paid weekly or biweekly, it's very difficult for folks to say, okay, when is January 1st? Well, I'm not really sure, but when is Friday? Well, Friday's today, which means that's when my invoice is in and it's due by Monday. So it makes it a lot easier for people to budget. It's also one bill. So as opposed to saying, okay, I've got the power bill this day of the month and I've got water on this day and, you know, cable here, it's, I pay one bill every week. You know, I get paid on Friday, I pay on Friday. I get paid on Friday, I pay on Friday. Just to make it as simple. And that's a way to, you know, raise our collections rate, de-risk, uh, you know, the investment in people and just simplify things. So I, I'm sure the first question most people are going to hear is, okay, let's say you get somebody in there paying $600 a month, which isn't a lot. There, there's probably high likelihood that somebody's going to default or not be able to pay. Sure. What does it look like to evict somebody out of a bedroom? Right. So, so we don't um, evict our members. So, you know, you know, some very careful my terminology, but um, we don't have tenants. We do have members. Um, we have a, an, a, essentially these members sign a membership agreement um, with, with pad split to become you know, members in these homes. Uh, because we operate on, uh, with furnished rooms, we operate at the innkeeper's exclusion in the state of Georgia. So just like a hotel, which legally we're much closer to, um, you know, if you go to a hotel and then don't pay and then leave, and don't leave, they don't evict you or they don't go to a judge, they call the police and say, hey, Ken didn't pay, you know, please remove this guy. And in Georgia, you're allowed to remove somebody in the same time frame that their occupancy was for, which for us is a week. So, you know, ultimately, you know, we try and base our system on, on mutual respect. So, you know, we have a bit of a relationship with the people in the houses. It doesn't always work out, right? People can lose their jobs. You know, they can lose the ability to pay. And, and we do have to, you know, hold them accountable. That's, that's part of the deal. It's not so abrupt uh, that, you know, oh, I, I lost my job today, I'm out tomorrow, or anything like that, or hey, I invoice was due on Sunday, it's Monday, 9 a.m., like time to hit the road. You know, we have payment plans and all sorts of things uh, to help with that. We have a really good relationship with the staffing agency here in Atlanta, so if folks do lose their job, they can get, you know, kind of part-time work immediately, kind of next day. So we invest a lot, we have a lot of relationships with kind of third-party providers uh, who can do rent assistance and those sorts of things. So you know, we try and dampen that uh, variability as much as we can. Uh, but of course it does sometimes happen. Um, so that's, that's a challenge in our business. It's part of our business. That's why we feel uh, justified every time we charge our clients for providing the services we do, you know, without a doubt, because it is, uh, it is hard, but it is, uh, you know, it's something manageable. And ultimately, you know, we're trying to work through how do you screen better so that, you know, your risk of default is lower. How do you, and provide better resources so defaults just happen less frequently and so on and so forth to make it as manageable as possible. Sure. So in the case of this particular house, let's say you bought it for 30, put some in it, maybe you're in it for 50 when it's all said and done. You were previously getting how much in rent? I think it's 1200 bucks a month. 1200 to section eight and then that jumped to 3600 in rent when you split it up by bedroom and, and kind of did the pad split model. Exactly. And what do you think you net? Because that's obviously you're paying for utilities Paying utilities, paying, uh, you know, so pad split as an entity takes a 12% cut of revenue, um, just similar to Airbnb, similar sort of thing. Um, you know, you 
you're still paying maintenance on it. You would in a section eight rental, but let's say that's a little bit elevated because you have more rooms and some more folks, you know, and so on. So, you know, you're really talking all in, call it, uh, you know, maybe a thousand or 1200 bucks, uh, in a given month for utilities, maintenance, um, you know, pad splits, 12% fee, so on and so forth. So call it, you know, 2400 bucks, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, you're about doubling your cash on cash return. Obviously, you're paying someone to manage a Section 8 rental. Maybe they're taking 10%, you know, and you're paying some maintenance. So let's say you're clearing about a grand in a traditional rental. Uh, and Section 8 rates have gone up, you know, in the past two years. So, you know, uh, but yeah, call it about doubling your cash on cash return. You're doubling it. In this particular case, 3,600 is the gross number, but still maybe you're making, you're clearing 2,400 versus 1200 in section eight that's phenomenal what's the what's a house like that how much vacancy do you have because obviously these are six different bedrooms that are on a weekly contract so how often is it fully occupied that's one of the other big advantages of this model so for example when it was a traditional rental or a section eight rental when the tenant left one there was damages the whole house had to be turned and you know that's whether you have a tenant for six months or a year or 10 years when that time period comes to a close, you know, maybe it takes you one month to turn it and paint and all that, all that kind of stuff. And maybe another month to find your next tenant. So you have vacancy and turn costs are just such a huge part that people oftentimes don't think about. For us in that six bedroom house, we average about 95% occupancy. It depends on the property and pricing and, you know, we're a marketplace. So owners um, have a little bit, you know, they've say in that and some, are more aggressive with pricing, some are more aggressive with occupancy, but over this past year we averaged, you know, just just under 95%. Because the way that works is someone leaves and but you're still five, six occupied. And so you have more frequent but much lighter turns on the property. So as opposed to going in and saying, oh, I've got to paint, I've got to do this, that, it's it's closer to a turn in a hotel room where okay, someone left, you know, maybe they left a candy wrapper. Okay, fine. We do mattress covers. So maybe you're changing the mattress cover, but it's more of a sweep out, quick freshening, you know, that kind of thing, making it ready for the next person. But you don't have an abandoned house, you know, so from a theft perspective, it's much easier. You're not worried about squatters or anything else. I mean, and even just from a security perspective, generally, someone's always home, you know, you have six people, you know, most people in this demographic aren't working exactly nine to five, you know, night shifts, you know, odd hours, you know, people in food service and retail and those sorts of things. So someone's always home. So the house is never empty. You're not worried about the air conditioning being stolen or anything else. So, and the same is true of vacancy. So even in a bad month where, boy, two people left right now and you're four, six, well, still generating income. Right. It's it's generating income in excess of expenses. Like that's, that's pretty good. Whereas in a traditional rental, when that tenant leaves, you know, you're in the red for two months at least, and right. maybe for a while. So the idea is, you know, how do you make that cash flow? You're still going to have a little bit of variability always, you know, someone leaves after three months, okay, time to fill it back up and so on. But, you know, your level, you don't have the big swings, you know, you've got, yeah. you know, someone comes, so on and so forth. It's almost like a multifamily where you've got individual bedrooms, but your sort of your risk is diversified of, for vacancy. Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. So at the end of the day, this particular house purchased around 50 netting 2,400 a month in rent could sell for, you know, it's in, I'd be curious 
if your folks are exiting because of the cash flow they've created? Have you seen that where they sort of made, created value in this asset and, and exited it? So we haven't. Um, we've had a, an owner to decide to you know sell to other owners who want to keep it as a pad split. So that you know there is a bit of a secondary market. Okay. That can be a little bit tricky for various reasons because you're keeping people in and so on. But it's uh, that has happened. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why we're quite bullish on doing this in multifamily, which we started about a year ago and are beginning to ramp up a bit. But as opposed to a single family home that's valued really on the basis of comps in multifamily or you know, your valid on cap rate. So if you can increase your effective rent, even if you don't get the massive uptick, like doubling your cash on cash return, but if you can up it a little bit, that directly translate, translates to a higher valuation on the building. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're, uh, pretty aggressively exploring uh, some multifamily deals and a couple things in the works that we're excited about. But um, for the most part, for our owners, they're they're kind of buy and hold folks. They're doing it really, you know, they oftentimes own other uh, real estate investments, but they look at this as, hey, this is my this is my cash flow buy and hold kind of strategy. So, you know, in many cases, I mean, we have you know five year lease signed with uh, with these folks where you know they're planning on sitting back and just you know collecting the checks as best they can. So, okay. So to clarify as an investor, if you have a house where the investor is actually signing a lease with pad split. Actually in all cases, the investors are signing leases with us. So, gotcha. Okay. And that's for a couple of reasons. So if you think relative to say Airbnb, um, one of the challenges that Airbnb owners have, and we have a number of them, you know, work with us in addition. Um, some of our houses were previously Airbnbs as well, but um, from an owner's perspective, you know, it's an Airbnb is difficult to get your house refinanced. It's difficult to get, uh, you know, normal insurance, uh, you know, on your house. Um, it leads into all sorts of zoning questions and so on and so forth. With us, you're signing a lease with Patsfold or with an entity that we create for it. And what that allows you to do is you can refinance your home like a normal person. So we came at it from the real estate investment space. So we know that you need to be able to get your money out. So you can go and do it again and again. Um, yeah. so work through a really great partnership with, finance of America to make that feasible for folks. Um, you know, we need people to get, uh, you know, normal insurance on the house to drive their costs down. I mean, the, the secret of affordable housing is you take the cost out, you know, that's, you, know, you start with affordable housing, you know, it's how do you remove costs? So, um, so that's all very important. So what our legal structure does for owners is it allows them to say, I have a lease, my tenant is with pad split or this LLC and Hey, insurance company, I have one tenant. My tenant is this LLC. Have a nice day. Hey, you know, appraiser, refinancing company, here's my tenant, here's my lease. I've got a, you know, two year, three year lease, you know, please refinance my portfolio. So um, that's been kind of a game changer for us in terms of, you know, helping out owners get their money out and, you know, do the real estate investment stuff. Right, right. That makes a ton of sense because you're exactly, I've had the same issue trying to refinance an Airbnb. Yeah, you can't count that income. Yeah, exactly. And those vehicles are beginning to emerge and some people are trying to make it work. But we started from, this is a deal breaker. We can't get it done. Yeah. Uh, where we came from. That's amazing. So this being your first one, this one in South, Southwest Atlanta, I can understand being your best deal because it launched an entire business, right? And so you've learned along the way, anything specific to this house that you guys, I'm sure everything about this house was a learning experience. <laughs> that launched Padslet. Yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, some of the things that we've learned, uh, you know, our model, 
as far as the operations within the home is really about minimizing sources of conflict. So, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, you know, what kind of uh, community events do you do? And like, oh, you know, what do you think about a couch here or there? And, you know, our, our motto is bad things happen on couches, right? So <laughs> that's so true. Things we learned the hard way over years of, of doing this and kind of pre, uh, <laughs> previous models of this or iterations is, you know, a couch is where people fight over the remote. It's where friends crash for a weekend that you don't want there, that we have a background check. You know, it's where, you know, people couple up intimately. You know, it's, you know, you figure our membership is, it's about half female, average age is, you know, kind of late thirties. So you can imagine this, this woman coming home from work, you know, taking the bus, getting off, coming into a house that she lives in with other people and walks in the front door and there's two people on the couch or somebody's, buddy on the couch sleeping, like it's all bad, right? Bad things happen. Yeah. So for us, you know, we look at say a living room and say, okay, well, one, if, if it's a couch, it's a problem, but what if it's another bedroom? It'll make the house more profitable for the owner. It'll drive down your basis cost per room for members who can be a more affordable product, you know, more people splitting utilities. So it's, it's, it's a benefit. It removes temptation and a source of conflict or potential source of conflict and, you know, allows you to, uh, you know, do things just more profitably for everybody. You know, it, it kind of bends the cost curve. So, so that's been really important for us. And a lot of things we've learned around, uh, not so much uh, fire safety, but on the co-living space around access. Um, you know, we use, you know, smart locks on the front door so that people can apply and, you know, get a code when they apply. And it's all sort of automated. And then you can delete the code if they leave, or you can give a temporary code to a plumber and all that kind of good stuff. We do individual keypad, you know, mechanical keypad locks on the front, on the interior doors so that people move into the right room and they've got the security of a lock inside, but, you know, they don't have to mess with keys. You can't get locked out or anything. You don't have to do deadbolts. So, yeah, I mean, there's a whole litany of things we've learned over really years and years of doing this, even before this property, but from this property on that really launched us to say, okay, how do you make the houses work? It is complex, and we're looking at a multifamily deal uh, in DeKalb County right now that would be an enormous number of, of pad splits, as well as, you know, kind of other rentals as well. And, you know, you begin to turn the crank and think, you know, have you thought about trash and what that means for this, this property? Have you thought about mail and what it means to have, you know, mail keys for a unit that now has four bedrooms? Like, okay, we need to think about this. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you turn the crank on enough times, uh, you know, yeah, you just you begin to think like, okay, what are the million things that can go wrong and how do you sort of uh, proof it as much as possible to say, okay, how do you make navigation clear for someone who's getting a room in a house or in a complex, you know, how do you think through that? And yeah, so there's, there's a lot of stuff, uh, even simple things like when we started, you know, we built the whole technology side on laptops, right? And then in this demographic, no one uses a laptop. Everyone's on a phone. So, okay, you need yeah. to be first. You have to think through what does it look like when I'm on my phone and that's my only access to the internet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a whole whole litany of things. And, you know, we've really just kind of scratched the surface in my mind. Yeah, it's it's definitely complex. I mean, renting can be complex enough and then you add all these this out. But if you can double your potential income on the property, it's, it's like, why would you not figure this out? Right, yeah. Right? I mean, uh, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it is a lot of work. We, uh, we certainly work hard at it and our team works really hard at it. We've grown a lot, um, to kind of 
handle this as, as we scale. We've grown about 10x in the last year, so it's been uh, wow. pretty wide. But the only way you do that is if you're having great deals like this over and over again, where investors are getting a good return, they can get their money out, they can get a new house and kind of repeat over and over again. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not to say that it works everywhere on every asset for every owner, but for people who say, you know, I'm ready for something that's a little unconventional because yeah, I want to double my cash on cash return. You know, it's something that we, you know, we've gotten better and better at because of houses like this. Sure. Yeah. Very interesting. It's funny. I've, I've operated in Atlanta enough and I, I know the, I haven't seen the house, but I know the house. I've seen that, you know, yeah. these section eight in town Atlanta houses, they got a lot of bedrooms and it's funny because a lot of them already are kind of, you know, quasi self-functioning as, as past, but the fact that you put some structure around it and some accountability, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's such a good space to be in. And I think you guys are cutting edge. I think pad split's going to be huge when it's all said and done. Well, I hope so. So, yeah, we're, we're working on it, working overtime. But, yeah, it's, uh, I appreciate that. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, rooming houses exist because they fit a need. They're usually illegal. They usually have kind of substandard maintenance and, and fire safety and so on. So, yeah, how do you introduce that accountability? You know, we do we allow members to rate each other, rate the property, you know, how do you make a transparent marketplace that is, um, you know, protects people, protects both sides, um, gives people flexibility to where, Hey, you know, you don't like this house because it, maybe the owner didn't do a great job. Okay. Well, we got another one across the street. You know, you can transfer it's, you know, you give people some flexibility and choices and you, know, you kind of have the right incentives in place. Yeah. Well, you create a marketplace like the yeah. best ones like Airbnb, the best ones are going to rise to the top. They just will. Very cool. Well, Frank, thanks so much for coming on. I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for me because I'm going to go out there and make a bunch of pad splits. Just FYI. (laughs) All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Appreciate it. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the best deal ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. Whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.